some very strange, unexplained disappearances in the wilderness and odd deaths. The Fresno Bee, on August the 8th, 2007, wrote, Search halts for missing woman in Yosemite. No sign of 80-year-old hiker found after eight days scouring the park. After looking for eight days, searchers withdrew. For the 80-year-old but very fit and very experienced hiker, Ottavina Bonaventura had disappeared after getting separated from her hiking party in Yosemite National Park. When her family and friends had first heard of her disappearance, they'd not been immediately too distressed. They described her as a fitness fanatic who loved a challenge. Every morning, she went to the gym, they said. And just a year earlier, at the age of 79, she'd ridden a bike across Iowa, a task that took an entire week. Her daughter Pam Cernovich told reporters, She pushes herself like crazy. She's competitive with herself. Growing up, she was described as a bit of a tomboy. She used to climb mountains, said her daughter. In fact, she travelled internationally to climb in Peru, the Swiss Alps and Patagonia. She was a retired computer programmer and she was not known to be unwell nor on any medication. Although some newspapers claimed she suffered from memory loss, this has since been clarified. Her memory was the same as any 80-year-old, no worse. On learning of her stamina and fitness and strong character, the park ranger search for her had been expanded geographically. Adrian Freeman, spokesman for the National Park, said, Clearly, this person breaks all expectations of age and physical condition. The more we learned about her, the more respectful we became of her abilities. In fact, they expanded their search to 100 square miles as a result. Far from fearing the worst, as they began their search, they quickly changed this expectation to one of hopefulness. However, eight days after searching, with no signs of her and no clues about where she could be, they were seriously worried, and their hopes were now fading fast. The missing woman had hiked alone down a trail near Volskang High Camp and never returned. Over 150 searchers had been joined by helicopters combing the forests, fields and lakes, and the rivers. Park spokesperson Freeman said that while the inclination for most lost hikers might be to remain close to where they'd got lost, a determined woman such as Bonventura would probably have pushed on had she become lost. She was last seen on July the 30th when she left her hiking group near Emmerich Lake saying that she was going to return to her tent at Volskang High Sierra Camp to check on the food storage. This was about seven miles southeast of Tolum Meadows. Park officials were hoping to interview anyone who'd been issued with a wilderness permit in the hope that they might have caught sight of her, as they were desperate for any leads or clues about where she might be. Spokesperson Freeman said individuals had come from throughout the state to join in the search effort, which involved helicopters and search dogs. On Tuesday, August the 14th, 15 days later, the body of missing Otterina Bonaventura was found in the Echo Creek drainage, an area described as a rugged wilderness area southwest of Tulum Meadows. Officials announced they had found her deceased in this remote spot.
a park ranger who was described as being on a routine patrol as opposed to the official search, which had by then been called off, found her body at around 5pm that afternoon in a vegetated area beside a dry creek bed near Echo Creek, just three miles from her campground by air, says spokesperson Adrian Freeman, but in a spot that is unreachable via established trails. She said it's just such a huge, rugged area and searching is very difficult out there. She said that the coroner's office would determine cause of death, but that the park service did not believe there was any foul play. Well, despite her fitness and determined nature, one has to ask, how could she end up in a spot unreachable via trails? And why? Close by, a girl by the name of Stacey Arras also disappeared. In searching archive files from the National Park Service from 1981, I found that they describe what happened. They say, last seen, she was wearing a white windbreaker, light-coloured short sleeve blouse, shorts, grey hiking boots, size 8 or 9, gold ankle bracelet, 5 foot 5 inches tall and 120 pounds. On the missing persons poster that the Park Service created, it highlights her vulnerability. They say with her blonde hair combed forward, she looks 16 years old. When her hair is pulled back in a ponytail, she looks 12. When last seen, she was wearing an off-white pullover windbreaker with a horizontal zipper, front pouch above the breast line and a hood that hangs down the back or tucks inside. She's wearing upper and lower narrow teeth retainers. It continues, she may be carrying a small Olympus camera with an embroidered neck strap, multicoloured, predominantly black. She may also be carrying cigarettes and gum. Well, Stacy was on a horse riding trip with her father, George, and seven others in the Sunrise Meadows area of Yosemite National Park in California. It was July 17, 1981. After they'd been riding for a few hours, the group stopped at cabins at the Sunrise High Sierra Camp, a small site with eight other cabins and located approximately one and a half miles from Sunrise Lakes. It's the last camp before the end of the High Sierra Loop. Here, they climbed off the horses and were going to have some refreshments and then stay there for the night. The cabins overlooked a meadow. After refreshments and a change of clothes... Stacy set off with her camera to take photos of the lake. She was never seen again. She'd apparently asked her dad if he wanted to go with her, but he declined, and instead, a 72-year-old man who was travelling with them accompanied her. They walked off together, but after a short while, the man became tired, and so he sat down to take a rest while Stacy continued on to the lake. The others back at the cabin had watched the pair as they set off, and they later recalled that they saw the elderly man sit down to take a rest. The group said they continued to watch Stacy walking down the hill herself until she disappeared from view as a couple of trees blocked their sight of her. She remained out of sight after that, but the watchers were not concerned at that point. It was natural she would disappear from their view due to the landscape now coming between them. There are conflicting reports. The Fresno Bee says the man was 77 and he walked with Stacy for at least 20 minutes away from the camp before stopping, a further distance than the other reports say. Regardless, the elderly man sat and waited for some time for her to return from the lake and when she didn't, he started to grow a little concerned and he returned to the camp to ask the rest of the group to go with him to bring her back to camp. Among the trees she'd walked into, they discovered the lens cap of her camera. 
in the trees and at the lake. There was no sign of Stacy, however. She did not return to camp that evening, said National Park Service spokeswoman Sharon Johnson at the time. Over the next few days, hundreds of searchers, including the National Guard, scoured the area between the camp and the lake, but no clues were found about where she could be. Eight members of CLMRP, which is the China Lake Mountain Rescue Group, joined the search on July the 23rd at the base camp run by park ranger Durr and joint operation leader Minor Harkness of Sierra Madre. Not a shred of evidence of Stacy was discovered, they wrote in their report. Then the McLatchley News List said the search has been called off. The Saratoga teenager just seems to have disappeared, said the superintendent of the National Park Service, Robert O'Binuiz. Volunteers and rangers had logged thousands of hours searching for her. Her disappearance became a mystery. Some people felt the teenage girl may have taken a walk, and that unless she did walk off intentionally, hopes of finding her alive now were slim. Park spokeswoman Linda Abbott said the girl's last talk with her father was over footwear. She was wearing thongs until her father told her she should be wearing hiking boots if she planned to walk to the lake. If she had planned on walking off, she wouldn't have gone off in thongs, said the park spokeswoman. The McLatchley News said the lack of the usual thunderstorm may have hampered the search, according to park rangers, because dog teams were brought in to the area but they were unable to pick up any scent because of the dry and dusty conditions. We're looking again in the National Park Service archives. Chief Ranger Charles W. Wen's report of 23rd July 1981 states the air operations began in earnest on Saturday July the 18th. There is also a letter sent from the superintendent of the NPS to Dave McCoy of the Mammoth Mountain Ski Area Resort, thanking his organisation for help in the search efforts. He writes, Although the search was unsuccessful and not a single clue found, we feel that Stacey had the best possible chance due to the professional efforts of organisations such as yours. The search for Stacey was incredibly thorough. San Jose Search and Rescue, dressed in orange jumpsuits, scaled down ravines on climbing ropes and searched drainage creeks for spots where a body could be laying hidden. Park officials said it was possible the girl had hiked to a road and left the park. Park spokeswoman Linda Abbott says, I can tell you that nothing was turned up. According to the Mariposa Gazette, the 77-year-old man who had accompanied Stacy and then stopped to sit down while she continued told National Park officials that he had spoken to a group of people coming from the direction that Stacy had taken, but that they had not seen the girl. It seems that Stacy disappeared among the trees in an area very popular with hikers. Only her camera lens cap was found. How could she simply vanish like this? The spot in which she disappeared is very close to a highway that runs parallel, a distance of a kilometre away. Searchers found no signs of any struggle, no signs of violence, just the lens cap of her camera. Did one of the other hikers in the area come across this teenage girl? The MPS missing posters described as sometimes looking like a vulnerable 11-year-old. Did they snatch her fast without being seen and manage to get her to the highway before anyone saw them? although that would have required not being seen for a kilometre in a very popular spot. Or was she hidden in a tent nearby? And yet surely this would have been very hard to do successfully in an area so popular with visitors. Had the serial killer Carl Stainer found her easy prey? 
He'd been known to visit Yosemite and had indeed abducted and killed several women in Yosemite National Park. After four brutal murders, a number of false leads and a growing sense of panic in one of California's most celebrated booty spots, police and federal agents are at last confident that they have cracked the case of a serial killer stalking the state's Yosemite National Park, wrote the newspaper The Independent, when Carl Stainer was eventually caught. In 1999, a serial killer was roaming Yosemite National Park in California's Sierra Nevada mountains. It began when a letter was sent to the police along with a hand-drawn map. The letter said, we had fun with this one. The map indicated a location where a body had been dumped. The police went to the location on the homemade map and there they found a body. It was a young woman. Her throat had been slashed so savagely that her head was severed. Her killer took her head with him. He later confessed that he was intending to keep it as a trophy, but then decided to throw it into a pool of water. The killer's name was Carl Stainer, and his own brother had once been abducted and held for years by a child predator. Stainer was employed by the National Park Service. His victim, Julie Sund, had gone missing in the National Park. Search and Rescue had looked extensively for her with dogs. The FBI were called in when her purse was found in Modesto. She'd been abducted from outside of her cabin, and she was at least his fourth victim. Park Ranger Joe Smith, in the National Park Service Division of Law Enforcement in Washington, D.C., told the Sun Sentinel in 1994, Our visitors leave the urban areas thinking they are getting away from it all, but they're being followed into the parks by professional criminals. In fact, between 1988 and 92, the Park Service reported 104 homicides, 393 rapes in its 365 parks. During 2006, 11 deaths were investigated across the system. Two involved women who'd been pushed off cliffs. One at Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore on the southern shore of Lake Superior and the other at Golden Gate National Recreation Area. Akala National Forest was where hitchhiker, prostitute and serial killer Eileen Warnos disposed of one victim's body. And this was six miles from there. Honours student John Timothy Edwards was murdered and his 21-year-old sister raped and tied to a tree. But can serial killers be blamed for the many hundreds of people who've disappeared and continue to disappear in wilderness areas? In the blink of an eye... On June the 19th, 2015, Cochise County Sheriff's Office in Arizona made the following statement. Janet Carsvajon was last seen outside a campground bathroom in Rustler Park Campground in the Coronado National Forest. NBS News reported, Eduardo Carsvajon says Janet, his daughter, had gone to mail a letter at the pay station not far from where they parked their camper and stopped to use the restroom. Janet was going to wait outside, but when her mother came out of the bathroom, she was gone. Her father, Eduardo, said, My wife ran up to our camping spot to see if she'd made it back here, but she never got back. I was here and I never saw her. We immediately started searching for her, asking other campers. Their sense of panic and fear for the well-being of their daughter was intensified because, although Janet was 44 years old, she'd suffered traumatic brain injury in her 20s which had left her with terrible damage. She was partially blind now, and her brain function had been severely impaired, so she was incredibly vulnerable. Please, for my daughter's sake, if you saw something at all come forward, we're worried because she can't see, and people may not believe her. She was my constant companion. She needs help now, her father urged reporters. The family had been on a camping trip. It was Father's Day weekend. They'd made plans to spend the weekend in Rustler Park with Oscar, her brother, and several church members. 
Rustler Park is a wildflower carpeted meadow lined by pines and fir trees and set amid a rugged wilderness area high in the mountains in Douglas, Arizona. It's a very popular hiking and camping destination. The family had camped there several times before. This trip had started out just like the others. The family had left their home in La Cruz on Thursday, 18th of June, and by evening they'd arrived in Deming, New Mexico, where they stopped at a church and then stayed for the night in their camper. The next day, after breakfast, they left for Arizona, arriving at the Rustler Park campground somewhere between 1.30 and 2pm. They were anticipating Janet's elder brother arriving later that evening. At 4pm, they ate a late lunch prepared by her father. After lunch, at approximately 5pm, her mother Lydia asked if she wanted to go for a walk. At first, Janet said she didn't want to go. Her father says, go honey, so you can take the payment to the pay station. So Janet agreed to go. Janet and her mother walked off about 1,000 feet from the camper, according to reports including from the La Cruz Sun News. They went down a curved path to the pay station. Janet deposited the payment envelope. Her father says, about 300 feet from the pay station there's a bathroom and my wife decided to go to the bathroom. Janet's mother said Janet didn't need the bathroom and so she started walking back the very short distance to the camper where her father was. On her way over, she simply just, somehow, disappeared. After only a couple of minutes, her mother emerged from the bathroom and returned to the camper to find only her husband there. Janet was not there. Her mother said panic began to set in immediately as she and her husband began to search for her in the immediate campground area, shouting her name and whistling. But they received no reply, and they couldn't see her anywhere. Her parents said there were no footprints going off the main path. There were no signs of a struggle to suggest their daughter had been attacked, and no signs that she'd suffered an accident. They'd heard no shouts for help, no screams, no cries. There was nothing there, said her father. When their son Oscar arrived as planned three hours later, he called 911. Unfortunately, it was not until another four hours had passed that help arrived. The county sheriff's office, along with the search and rescue team, began hunting for their daughter around half past midnight, according to Carol Kappas, spokeswoman for the sheriff's office. The search lasted all night until 6am. No sign of their daughter was found. A fresh search began at 9am the following morning. A helicopter was brought in to search overhead. As a new week began, searchers were still trying to find any signs of her, any clues. Kappas, the spokeswoman for the sheriff's office, said we were not able to find Janet. The rescue team has continued on a semi-monthly basis to canvas the park and search for the missing woman. She added, this is one of those cases that's unfortunate that it's happened, but it's not like we're going to give up. Oddly... La Cruz Sun News reported, Kappas added that a man camping at the park disappeared under similar circumstances not long after Janet was reported missing. Who was this man and what happened to him?